usually we start out these episodes with some sort of funky this is this is a little bit of a serious example of things that are, could go wrong with uh with pay-per-view air traffic control um you guys know what i'm talking about here um so apparently oh, yeah apparently the so i'm gonna sum, i'm gonna summarize this story and then you're gonna say no jack that's not how it is at all my summary is in canada where they have sort of a, uh, a user fees based um, air traffic control system, um, the pandemic and the resulting reduction in aircraft traffic has caused that entity to kind of start losing money. And so they're what increasing fees or something like that. Is that what's happening? David, yeah, this is your story. What work, you know? That's what they're working on. Yeah. And are this, these are permanent increases or just some sort of, you know, uh, uh, one-time surcharge kind of thing? Well, the cash impact from, the, uh, from, from this is uh, prompting them to propose, NAV Canada to propose a 29.5% increase in base rates that would be deferred, they say, over a five-year period. Exactly how that deferral would work is... Uh, I'm sorry, deferred or, or ramp up? Deferred. I think that's what I think that's what they're talking about is phasing it in over five Phasing it in, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, but 242 million would allow NAF Canada to meet the minimum revenue level it must have under its existing debt structure to seek additional debt financing. And here we go. There's the whole problem with a fee-for-service air traffic control system. That's, uh, oh, we were told, oh, they'll be predictable. It'll, we'll be able to invest when we want to. It'll bring money in, and we'll be able to upgrade equipment without going through the big government folderol. And you get a downturn like this, and we need 30% more just to keep the doors open yeah and to preserve our finance uh, obligations uh, intact and we don't have that problem here no we, we don't, don't have that problem here because it's a government service yeah and the government funds it and the money is there whether traffic is up or down yes so, and i i agree that's i think that's a very reasonable way to do it given that it's a public service and it's a community value and and, and whatnot but let's go back to canada here for a second so although i knew they had uh i'm sorry i ha i'm facetiously calling it pay-per-view but user user fees what does it actually cost do you know i mean for example and how does it even work for example if i get in my 172 if I were based in Canada and I got into my 172 and went flying for a hundred dollar hamburger a couple hours away from my home base and then flew back, would I get a bill from air traffic control for that flight? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. I, I, and and in ballpark, what would that bill be? How much would it cost? That I can't tell you. 10 yeah. bucks or a hundred bucks. I, 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 you know, I mean, I, I flew into um, London, Ontario on the uh, Diamond Aircraft Factory years ago in the Debonair. Uh-huh. And I believe I got a bill for like $25, and that was for the up and back. Okay, and that was a while ago. That, that was 99-ish, 2000-ish. 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I don't know, yeah. you know, what, um, what the current um, bill would be for that operation. Mm -hmm. But it ain't going to be free. Yeah. Well, well that's just the flip side of which is 
it's not free, and I'm using scare quotes, in the U.S. No. We pay taxes. We right. pay fuel taxes that right. uh, miraculously have, have stayed in effect uh, for many, many years, 40-plus years, maybe longer than that. Um, and... Um, is the, is the you know covers a lot covers you know it's a, it's a great way to measure or to bill by operation or number of flights because you burn more gas the more you fly and you pay more tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think and that I guess that seems reasonable. I mean, if you, as you're in, in a, coming up trying to come up with a way to allocate these expenses, mm-hmm. it's, maybe you guys can punch this into your calculators real quick, but. Uh, NAV Canada last year handled 3.4 million flights and collected 1.4 billion in service charges. Bill, million versus billion. Three, uh, okay. 3.4 million and 1.4 billion in charges. Wait a minute. That sounds like a lot per flight. It adds up, baby. Anyways, I mean, it's, rather it's, than us trying to guess, I, I know for a fact, it is obvious, and I know for a fact that we have uh, listeners who are based in Canada. And uh, I, I apologize on behalf of us ugly Americans, but we're ignorant of this, and we'd like to know more, at least I would like to know more. Um, send, us an, send us an email or, 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 uh, if, or uh, you know, uh, add us on, uh, on Twitter and, uh, and let us know how, what, how, how does I this think, work. I think I'm not speaking out of turn here, but when we met the uh, – head of Canada's uh, uh, AOPA up at Oshkosh a few mm-hmm. years ago and talked to him. I believe that for a certain category of aircraft, they they can pay a flat fee for the year, and that covers it. But that's not the way it works for right. charter, for turbine aircraft, for airliners. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. Uh, it, 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 it's still not predictable. It's as as we're seeing right now, because as air traffic has tanked from the COVID-19 pandemic, their revenues have tanked. Right. And instead of having money in the budget like we have here to cover for the year, they're having to, you know, pass the hat, if you will. Yeah. So, uh, so we're still not a fan. No. Uh, and this is a good reason why. So there we go. All right. Um, last episode, we talked about some of the special things that uh, AirVenture was doing um, to kind of make up for the uh, the pandemic shortages. Uh, Sun and Fun's been doing things all along too, and uh, and and they just made a, a yet another announcement. David, I, I, for some reason, David, I feel like you're following this more than other uh, than the others of us. Do you know what Sun and Fun's up to now? It's sort of. Uh, let me open that tab. Fourth of July special announcement. Twenty twenty one tickets are now on sale. That's mm. what this link was about. Okay. Uh and uh so you can you can get uh ten percent off the normal price for daily or weekly general admission between now and midnight July five of this year, twenty twenty. Get ten percent off. So uh it might be worth signing up. It might give you enough savings to spend a day or two longer than uh, than you normally would or would plan to. 
but they're definitely being aggressive and getting this out in front of people uh, in expectation that uh, 2021, the show will go on as normal. Yeah. And, and I have no insider knowledge or or anything other than a healthy dose of skepticism, but I think it's just adorable. They think there's going to be a 2021 show. <laughs> Well, now see, all right. Don't talk like that, Jeb. This is my I, I know, but uh, we better be back doing events by by April of twenty twenty. Or yeah, April. Well, you of, can always uh, come down and live with me. You know, twenty twenty one. Don't talk like that. Don't say that. You may regret it. All right. Um, so uh, yeah, Sun and Fun. But you know, in addition to the advanced ticket sale like this, the Sun and Fun's been doing some interesting things. I, know, I agree. Talk- Talk about an online, uh, uh, you know, sort of alternate to uh, to the physical event. Um, they've been adding a lot. They've been doing that stuff anyways. And and uh, in in response to the pandemic, they've got a bunch of different activities that are um, that are online. That uh, 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 lights lean out. It's got a creative crew down there. Yeah. They, they sure do. Thinking beanies on constantly. Through yeah. This whole thing, and they've done a a, a pretty good job of uh, keeping Sun and Fun's name in place out in public and providing some activities online for the public to enjoy. So yeah. very cool. Good good of them. Very cool. So anyways, there we go. Sun and fun. If you're if you're jonesing for, for your flying fix, you can do it. So, uh, so Jack, what have you been up to? <laughs> See it was Jeb's turn. You weren't supposed oh, to Oh I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I don't know. We're still learning how to do this. Um I, I've been doing the same old, same old I, uh, you know, kinda like just just uh, chugging along doing the uh, the pandemic thing. Doing the pandemic thing. That sounds like a dance or it's a, a, pop, it's a yeah uh, a pop uh, song or something like that. We're Archie Bell you know, and the Drells and we can't hardly sing, but we'll dance just as good as we want <laughs> there you go so and, uh, they, they do it right alongside the monster mash yeah. yeah uh continuing to you know my workout stuff uh i, I was talking last time about my running program which i'm, I'm really enjoying um I, by the time people are hearing this it will be over but um um the uh the apple worldwide developer conference is coming up and i'm very excited about that i've actually kind of is one of the many things that i'm doing to kind of expand myself and pick up some new skills or revive some old ones during the during the off downtime here one of so the will is, you attend this well, attended online, um, ah. and uh, uh, they they uh, so it's kind of complicated because when people are listening to this, it'll already have happened, but it hasn't happened as we record. Um, but yeah, they've they like so many organizations, they have planned some fairly elaborate online um, activities versions of of the thing, um, and. Uh, the part that's exciting for me um, is that um, I've actually been attending the what we call Dub Dub WWDC or simply Dub Dub. Um, I've been attending it for years, but as part of my day job, um, I kind of work backstage and am, am involved. So I kind of watch it from a distance. Um, this year, because we're not there to support the event, I can attend as a developer. Um, and so, although we don't get to go to San Jose and and, and do the thing, um, I get to enjoy it the way any other developer enjoys it this this year and i expect that by the time you hear this i will have enjoyed it and maybe even have produced some sort of funky little iphone app you never know so so that's what's keeping me busy i'm 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 just you know it's like i've said all along if i could only had make if i was only making some money to pay the rent it would be great because i'm having a lot of fun doing lots of different things um just so far none of them are making any money and uh, anyways time will tell 
Uh, Jeb, another, another, is this an, uh, speaking of pandemics, um, <laughs> with that kind of a lead in, I'm, I'm very afraid of what's kind of coming we're, next. We're, we're just getting a lot of, uh, of disabled aircraft landing on interstates these days. It seems to me, I don't know. Are yeah. We, uh, um, or, or maybe, you know, people are finally pulling out their cell phones and, in 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 videotaping it or, or recording it. Um, yeah, this was, a our, our off-field landing of the week candidate for, uh, this episode. Um, it was a plane, it was a Technum, I want to say P2004, the, uh, um, the the uh, news story the the uh, news article I'm I'm quoting from here looking at this from uh, calls it a small single engine two seat Cessna plane, but it's clearly not a Cessna. Um, uh, elsewhere, it was identified as a Technum. Uh, uh, I hadn't P- noticed that. Now, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, I thought so, we had eradicated that. I thought this podcast has set all the journalists around the country straight. I know. Well, we obviously missed one. We we obviously yeah. missed one. Um, but uh, there's video of it um, uh, landing. There's video of it being loaded onto a trailer. Um, uh, stills of it sitting beside the road, uh, apparently undamaged. Um, it was out of Sanford, Florida. Um, trying to land at the, uh, I think it was Naples, uh, Florida airport. Um, and that's not that far a, a hop um, if you got full tanks on one of these things. But um, who knows, you know. Yeah. Um, um, it, it's a Rotax. It's it's an LSA. It's uh, There's any number of, of uh, reasons that it could have um, um had a problem and needed to land somewhere, and uh, I seventy five is just as good a place as any. Yeah, I seventy five. Wait a minute, which is I seventy five? That's that north south road that goes right past your house. Right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, and so, where along there did he run? Did he um, land? Near Naples near, or about, outside about, of Naples? Um, okay, so even further south than Amy. Further south than Amy, yes. Well, then that means he overshot Naples if he came from Sanford. No. Amy's in Fort Myers. No, no, I know that. I'm saying Naples is south of Fort Myers. Oh, you said. Oh, he was headed for Naples. Right. So, San, so he was San, in the Sanford vicinity. is north of Orlando. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, I, yeah. So he was in the vicinity of his destination airport. Uh-huh. This all went went crazy. Okay. The, all right. The news story, which we've already discredited, uh, the plane was coming from Sanford and was making its final approach to Naples Municipal Airport when uh, okay. it began experiencing engine failure. See, if I just read the article, would you know, that. RTF. That's, um, what got, that's what I've got you guys here for, man. I don't have to read this stuff. I ask you every week and I say, what's going on? And you explain it to me. You control it's, the vertical, you control the horizontal. <laughs> and that's and <laughs> Dance, dance, you journalists, dance. <laughs> you can be more colorful than that. I can, uh, they, but not on a they, family they podcast. They did get the light sport part right. They did. Well, did they really? Because uh, I do. I am loving that uh, Cessna airplane um, yeah. reference. Uh, that, yeah, that's the Collier County Sheriff's Office Facebook post. Uh, they called it a light sport aircraft, landed yeah. safely on the road near yeah. mile marker one hundred and seven. Right. Well, you know, for years I've been saying that it makes me nervous to have airplanes landing on interstates, but it's so far so good. It seems to be working. So, okay. Um, Oh, I see. This is where I got confused. In our list, we referred to it as I-175. Um, 
and anyways, no matter. It's an interstate of some sort. Well, um, it might be the bypass there. No, no. I mean, that's what 175 would be. It would be one of the feeder roads into yeah. into I-75. Now, the, the Collier County Sheriff's Office tweet says it was southbound I-75, no 175 involved. And I'm not even sure there is a 175. It could be that uh, whoever posted this on the list uh, made a typo. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh I'm I'm getting confused. I don't know where we are. David, have I asked you what you've been up to yet? I don't think I have. Not this week. Not this week. Okay. (laughs) Well, listeners, one day we'll explain that all to you. But uh, Uh, David, uh, what are you up to? What's going on? I got a piece in uh, uh, a recent uh, Av Buyer magazine on mistakes to avoid when buying a business aircraft. And... uh, tapped into uh, some of the uh, experts in the business and uh, put together a, a list of seven things to to uh, to attend to. Make sure you don't buy a lemon or worse. And uh, having just read a story of one of uh, uh, one guy's experience with the airplane that he bought, uh, I'd say this would be at the top of the list. Pre-purchase inspection. And make sure your finance people are on board and all sorts of stuff. But it's all in the, uh, well, this is in the May App Buyer magazine. You can find it online at uh, appbuyer.com. Yeah, interesting. Didn't we just see a story recently yeah, I was, about let me, let me find that real quick. an airplane for sale yeah, where me, part of the description was no pre-purchase it. allowed or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Let me find that real quick. Um Well, and while he's looking, yeah, here we go. Downscale. What thing you don't want to do when you're buying a little airplane is say hey, they'll say, "Oh, and we'll uh, we'll we'll supply it with a fresh annual." Oh no! Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Savvy um, Aviation, uh, Mike Bush's outfit, right? Floated yeah. an email within the last couple of days um, about uh, buying. Uh, some guy bought a Warrior. Um, <laughs> this is cute. I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, some, somebody bought a Warrior without doing a pre-buy and uh, relied, bought it with a fresh annual um, from the shop on the field that had been maintaining the airplane. And before they could get it home, I think it's Texas to California or something like that. Before they could get it home, um, or once they got it home, found a bunch of things that were that were wrong um worn cam um very very low compression um things like that um and um the story according to the to the the savvy aviator um email they got some satisfaction from the shop apparently uh, or, or the seller um, to the tune of like five thousand dollars or something like that to help defray uh, what was going on. The the seller apparently genuinely was surprised that there were problems. Um, didn't didn't realize that there were problems with the airplane, um, but still the the the, the um, buyer was left uh, with the task and the expense of fixing problems. Yeah. Um, now that said, there was this little blurb on Twitter over the last few days. That's the one I'm remembering yeah. here. And, and there uh, was a there was a a um, an ad for a, a Pitts uh, a factory built. Actually, I looked it up. Factory built Pitts uh, S two B two seat Pitts special. Um, 
the uh, the ad, this is in Barnstormers, says, yep. quote, no pre-buy BS, pay and fly home, no tire kickers, no tools, you know, bring money, don't, don't bring your tools or something like yeah. that. Okay. It's like, and now this was today's, this is three days ago, okay, yeah. this appeared on Barnstormers. I, and I clicked the link today, right now, and yep. sorry, this ad is not presently available. Yeah, I did too. It's gone now. So I don't yeah. know. Either sold it or it's it uh, didn't, or he didn't it's sell. Trust me, it didn't fought sell. better of the whole. You yeah. know, yeah. not going to allow you to do you, a pre-buy. You think you just go back in and reword it or something? But. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe there's something else going on there. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Do a pre-buy. It's important. It's so important, um, as we we know from various reasons. So, anyways, all right. Yeah. Uh, now I've lost track of where we were here. What's going on here? Oh, well, I no know. one's so asked me what the heck I'm up to. I haven't got to you yet. All right, never mind. I know we were just talking to David, and now we're going to talk about something else. Okay. And then we're going to talk I just about don't you. want to be left out. No, I, I hope I won't leave you out. I don't intend to leave you out. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that. Oh, and real pilots fly Cessnas. All kidding aside, this is a, this is a very sad story. Um, I, I, I mainly want to bring it up because there's you know a little bit of a both as a memorial and also as a lesson to be learned here. Um, this is uh, two seriously uh, experienced naval aviators. Um, we're flying uh, in a, a small GA airplane, or not small, but a GA airplane like ours, down near uh, Pensacola, and for some reason not yet determined, um, crashed, and they both were killed. Um, I mean, these are. I mean, any naval aviator is going to be a seriously qualified pilot. Um, one of these guys was the head of the Naval Aviation Schools Command, um, and apparently the other person on board was one of his subordinate was one of his staff. Um, and uh, uh, according to the story, I, I don't know whether if, I, I and I'm I don't have the uh, I don't have the NTSB database foo that you do, Jeb. Yeah, but I hang on a second. I'm I'm, I'm looking for it. But go ahead. I didn't find that there's anything there yet. There's, um, there wouldn't be on NTSB. There's other yeah, sources there. But uh, um, these these guys were flying a uh, PA-32, um, which is that is that an arrow or is that a... That's a... Depending on the model, I think this is a PA-32 um, RT, uh, which is the Turbo T-Tail Lance. Oh, okay. Let me, All right. Give me a minute here, and I'll tell you exactly what this was. Yeah. So um, they were flying down in that vicinity, and um, and and cra- again, there's not a lot of detail either in the news story, um, and and unless Jeb finds something, we didn't see NTSB. I, I you know, I mean, I just it's very sad, and it's uh, I, I think the at least one of the object lessons here is that uh, it, we all need to stay aware and stay on top of these situations. Um, and, uh, um, you know, because it's, it, it, bad things can happen to just about anybody. I, I, it's, it's just so sad and puzzling You try and figure out why two phenomenally, um, you know, you just got to figure that they're extremely qualified pilots, um, couldn't get this airplane. I mean, not that something went wrong. I mean, something can go wrong to anybody. Um, you talk about off-field landings of the week that these guys were unable to get the airplane on the ground safely. It's, yeah, it's, this was a, um, a PA-32RT. 
dash 300 T, which is a mm-hmm. turbo Lance two, which is the, the T tail turbocharged, uh, six seat, uh, retractable gear, um, Cherokee six. Yeah. And, so. uh, it's not, it's not clear, uh, what happened. Um, the, the, this is, I'm quoting from, um, Aviation Safety Network, which sometimes beats NTSB to... Uh, oh, okay. Um, what does it say? It, it says, the aircraft experienced a loss of engine power and a subsequent impact with rural Dallas County terrain about two miles southwest of the Selma, Alabama airport. Um, both occupants on board were fatally injured. Hmm. And, you know, again, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. If these guys... Um, had a problem and couldn't resolve it and re- resulted in, in their deaths. Um, that can happen to any of us any time. We don't know why they couldn't survive this. We don't know what the problem was. Um, and we'll have to wait for some more action, official action from the NTSB. But yeah. let's all be careful out there, please. Yeah, let's be careful there. And let me just be clear that I'm not suggesting any uh, shortcomings on their part. No, exactly, uh, exactly. Um, you know, it's just that, you know, uh, it, things happen, and you got to stay on top of it and be careful. And, uh, um, yeah, I, 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 I would imagine we'll learn more about this as time goes on, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about yeah. it again. I don't yeah. know. Anyways, on that happy note. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's not a happy note. But no, I know it's, it's not. It's, I'm, making a, I'm making a bizarre, yeah. a macabre joke here. Um, uh, Jeb, what have you been up to? Well, gearing up for the uh, August, August issue of Aviation Safety. Go figure, uh, huh? Yeah, go figure. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to do something on complacency that uh, um, keys off of... Uh, <clears throat> the latest uh, aviation safety reporting system from NASA, uh, they're a callback publication um, talking about how here's an airliner crew that, that received a clearance to take off from or from the tower um, using a different call sign, using the wrong call sign. The aircraft was the only one moving on the airport at the time, and it was obvious that the tower was clearing that airplane for takeoff, but it used an incorrect call sign. The saving grace was this was post-pandemic, or I should say during the pandemic, and there was very little traffic, um, certainly nothing landing or taking off at the same time, so the, the clearance had to be for them. But if it had happened during another busy period, or a busier period, uh, the outcome might not have been as benign. Mm, okay. And uh, yeah. it's the the punchline, according to NASA, is that uh, in, in FAA this week is widely quoted as, or maybe as last week, um, in the popular media, right, widely quoted as, as suggesting that um, lighter airplanes and, and emptier airspace was creating some safety hazards. Uh, for example, the lighter airplanes, people are, uh, crews are, are rocketing uh, in, in their climb. They're getting, you know, uh, better climb rates. And sometimes they get a little bit behind the airplane and bust their altitude. Mm-hmm. Um, with the frequency not being as congested or as, as busy, 
um, people are becoming complacent. Oh, I got this. You know, it's nothing going on, and and I can put my feet up and 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 not worry too much about it. And and that's how we get complacent. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing a piece on that. Yeah, um, got some other stuff coming, and uh, you know, talk to me in a couple of weeks. I'll tell you how how it came out. Cool. Yeah. You know, on that point, I heard, I guess I'm trying to think it was from one of you guys or if it was someone else. I heard an interesting story about our air traffic controller workload. Um, kind of what you alluded to, Jeb, that, you know, the, 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 you know, the people are trying things. People are asking for clearances. Mm-hmm. Um, they wouldn't normally ask for it because they think everything's quiet and I, this is a good time for me to get this experience or put this thing in my logbook. And uh, someone did that um, in regard re- related to some um, ATC area. I don't know if it was a, a center or a, or a, or a, a you know re- terminal or, or, or a tower. But um, they asked for this thing, and they got it. But the, it was just as busy. It was very busy. It wasn't as quiet as you would expect. And so the uh, the person the, the the person who was telling me the story uh, might have been Jim G. Now that I stop and think about it, um, was telling me that uh, that the uh, he actually followed up on it later on, and what he discovered was that um, although the airspace is, you know, a little bit more sparse than it had been, the controllers are actually busier than they used to be because they've cut back on the number of controllers that are on duty, and the on-duty controllers are now covering more frequencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, the on-duty controllers have higher workloads, or certainly equal workloads, to what they used to. Um, and uh, so uh, in that regard, there, there's, there's no additional margin for safety that, you, that some people yeah. might think is happening. Well, that was another aspect of the, um, the ASRS um, uh, newsletter where they, they also talked about a controller who had cleared a flight um, to a higher altitude that turned out not to have been part of his airspace. Uh, in normal times, uh, because of the reduction in traffic, he was he was um, controlling a much broader uh, um, set mm-hmm. of uh, of um, sectors. And typically, when he when uh, he's working those positions or those sectors, he's got higher altitudes, maybe up to up to the, to six thousand or sixty sixty thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case. He didn't have those higher altitudes. It mm-hmm. was his responsibility, and it simply forgot. Yeah, and there was no no harm, no foul, no deal. But uh, it's just yeah. not only can pilots become complacent, but so can controllers. Yeah. So, so don't assume that it's yeah. Just don't make assumptions. Is, uh, yeah. Mental muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah. Because Trust, things are so but different. Verify. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There you go. All right. Um. Last episode, we talked about the uh, Pipistrel electric plane that's been certified. Um, David, uh, you at the time alluded to the Bi Aerospace program um, that's also been making great progress. Do you know more about uh, What do you know about this, David? I guess that's my question. Well, I, I kind of follow it along because a couple of uh, local friends of mine have uh, gone to work out there for George Bi, uh, engineers and Charlie Johnson, I knew through Cessna, uh, he's working with George on on this, and uh, they announced that they are uh, approaching a critical design phase where they will freeze up the design and 
moving into the final flight test uh, routine. So uh, the critical design review, that's where it gets run past all the different disciplines that are involved in the design of the aircraft, the fabrication and, and uh, uh, avionics and the power plant. And then they'll proceed into fabrication, demonstration, and test. So uh, this is all um, per part 23 and uh, Amendment 64 certification standards and uh, performance requirements within the uh, within the uh, envelope of the airplane, uh, they could have this puppy ready to come out the uh, out of the factory here, uh, here later this year. Mm-hmm. And this a- is another two place trainer is what it's envisioned for, and uh, it's got a very clever uh, setup that lets the uh, operators swap out batteries. So that it's not sitting charging up, waiting on the oh, really? you know, okay. battery to fill up. They pull the battery out, put it on a charger, put a charged one in, and they're off. Yeah, this is a this is a sleek looking airplane. This is uh, well, and he's got purchase agreements for over three hundred of them. Already. Really? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, now the and 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 I don't know if this. Now I'm just totally off the top of my head. This paint design, paint scheme looks really cool. This isn't a Craig scheme, is it? Do you know? I do not know. Um, and you should mention here that uh, that uh, Bi Aerospace is working on actually two models, uh, uh, the uh, E Flyer Two and the E Flyer Four, uh, which is a four seater. Mm, yeah, so uh, this will be cool. And this one is the plan is to manufacture this one in the U.S. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. 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 So, they're pretty well set up out in Colorado. Yeah. Very cool. That's, an, that's another one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah. Neat. We'd like to take a minute right now to thank all of our listeners who provide us with financial support, either through Patreon or the PayPal tip jar. This time, we'd like to especially thank those Patreon supporters who were quick to update their pledge to account for the change from per-episode support to per-month. Jan, Kenyon, Michael, Stephen, Andrew, Michael, Chase, Tom, Jim, and Joel, thank you so very much. If you're not already, you can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month by using the excellent and safe service Patreon. For more information, check out patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace, or you can click on the box in the right-hand column of the UCAP homepage at uncontrolledairspace.com. Um... Finally, uh, we're all we're all jonesing for a fly-in. We want to. We need an event. We need something we can go to. All right. And the next one on the schedule that's got a possibility of happening uh, is uh, in Florida. In what is it? November. Um, yep. When is when is Deland? Is Deland is typically in November, and they're still shooting. It's for a November, shame we right? don't have some device that we could look it up. But it's November twelfth, fourteen, twenty. Yeah, yeah. As I've said before, journalists jump. Tell me the answer to this. Um, Deland Sport Aviation Showcase. Yeah, and and Jeb, you just said the dates. Say again, please. November. Let me double check. Twelve through fourteen, twenty twenty. Cool, David. It's always seemed to me that you have a soft spot in your heart for this this flying. Um, yeah, uh, well, we got to know Jana Philip uh, and her husband uh, from uh, the show over by a different lake in another part of Florida. Yeah. That, and uh, that she left and helped start this. And uh, she and the uh, aviation authorities at DeLand, uh, the airport people there, have just done a fantastic job of creating out of Greenfield uh, a campus 
for light sport people, sport aircraft, home built. Uh, this will be their fifth iteration of the show. Uh, it's gotten a little better every year. I think it's gotten a little better attended every year. Uh, and uh, if you're in the market thinking about, dreaming about getting into uh, flying at the light end and the low cost end, uh, a, a day or so roaming to land would not be bad for your education. Uh, yeah, they they Jana does a great job with this. Yep, and I know we've been hearing from them pretty pretty regularly um, throughout the pandemic um, that they're continuing to make plans and they are very optimistic that they're going to be able to hold a uh, um, hold their flying. I mean, it's not going to be the usual version. It's going to be a pandemic version, you know, with all the different you know health safety hygiene things that we're getting used to now. Um, well, and I guess my soft spot in this is partly because I. I timing allowed me to attend the very first one right uh, which jenna very wisely scheduled to start the last day of an nbaa convention in orlando yeah, yeah. and the last day of that convention being what uh, our buddy dave shaw better lovingly refers to as vendor bonding day that's right vendor uh, bonding because day. the crowds are usually so slow uh, and I made the drive up from uh, Orlando and was glad that I did. Uh, saw some familiar faces, uh, uh, roamed around. It was uh, not as well. What's the word I want? The facilities weren't up to the to what they've got now for that first one, but uh, they've made improvements to the facilities and expanded on it every year since then. And there's Dave right there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll tell you I see. Yeah, I see the picture. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, good luck to them. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, one of the and, one uh, of the saving graces to the Deland show is that the vast majority of it is outdoors. Yeah, yeah, and that will be be good in terms of uh, of pandemic you exactly. know, um, contagion and and whatnot. And, and there's flying going on almost constantly because. Yeah. This set this is set up so that the vendors, the uh, uh, OEMs, can provide convenient demonstration flights for their prospects. And at the far side of the field, opposite where the uh, Sport Aviation Showcase is set up, uh, is a very active uh, 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 skydiving operation. Right. right. So yeah. you can uh, you can. Uh, regularly see those little canopies blossom in the air as they uh, unload jump lifts and land and do it again yeah yeah let me uh yeah so uh very very cool uh, by by just let me so I, I think you guys know what i was exclaiming about but for our listeners per benefit um so a lot of the uh, sun and fun radio I, ha- I, ha- I don't know a lot but a number of the sun and fun radio volunteers including um uh chairman uh, dave shalbetter are also volunteers at deland and uh and i happen to be looking at the deland Avi- sport aviation showcase homepage right now which is sportaviationshowcase.com and the uh, rotation of pictures that are are scrolling on the front page one of them is a picture that includes uh, dave and some other of our of our florida friends so uh yeah cool fingers crossed and, and the website to which we link uh has pages with 
photographs from years past so you can take a look at what's happened in the past and yeah. get a better feel for what to expect uh, if you decide to attend to land. Yeah. Hmm. Are, are you in any of those pictures, David? I, uh, I haven't. I, I was only there the first year. And, uh, for no. years. I've been attending air shows for years, particularly Oshkosh and Sun and Fun, all right? And whenever I see promotional pictures or any sort of social media pictures from these shows, I pause for a moment and scrutinize the picture in the hope that I will appear in one of them, all right? You scrutinize. I do. And, I'm surprised uh, you can say that in well, public. Well, for years, for years, I had the benefit of, of I, I figured I would stand out in the picture because I was wearing a yellow shirt because back in the newspaper days we all wore these yellow shirts um and and i never ever saw myself in any of the pictures until until um in the there was a time lapse of the first one week wonder at air venture um and and if you watch the time lapse towards the very end there's me and jeb standing off to the side yes when when there was that moment when they first pulled it out taxied so to speak pulled it out of the of the enclosure out onto the ramp and you and i were standing off to the side and if you know to look and and you kind of like twist your head tilt your head just right that's you and me standing there that was that was the Sun of Fun that Dave, or the uh, Air Venture that Dave missed, but uh, Jeb and you and I were there. And that's the only time I've ever seen myself in any of the public huh. images from any of these air shows. Anyways, all right. Well, um, reached the end of our allotted time for sure here. Uh, thank you guys. It's always a blast getting together. I appreciate it. Uh, David, was there something you wanted to tell us? The key to long life? <laughs> yeah, you, you know it's coming. Time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan, so airtime is key to long life. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. And let's do it safely. Just remember that if you crash because of weather, your funeral will be held on a nice sunny day. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs>